0: Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Amen. Listen once again to the words from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, where it lists the nine fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law this is our text with we'll focus now on that word peace fellow christians preparing for the lord's second or excuse me first coming and then looking forward to his second coming on Judgment Day. Not far from uh, Pittsburgh Landing in southern Tennessee, there was a small church building. And on this particular Sunday, this church, which was called Shiloh Church, it couldn't hold worship services. The reason being was that there was a very bloody civil war battle taking place around that church. Oh, that word Shiloh, what does that word mean? Well, it means peace. And yet here in this church building named Peace, there was a war going on surrounding that building. They couldn't worship they called this battle the Battle of Shiloh. Seems really hard to understand how you could call a battle Shiloh, which means peace. That was the case at this time. Historians have named that the Battle of Shiloh. Peace and war would seem to be opposite. Today And it's still just as strange that even though Christmas is when we celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace, well, look at what's going on in the world and Ukraine and elsewhere. But don't just look out into the world, look into our own homes, our own surroundings. What's going on there? Is it always a peaceful situation? Or at times are we at war with family members, fellow workers, neighbors, or others? Peace and war don't seem to be compatible. Let's now then examine peace as a fruit of the Spirit and hopefully be able to celebrate Christmas at peace with God and with others. So we now are reminded to be prepared for the coming of our Savior with peace. First, we need to understand what the angel meant when the angel said to the shepherds that due to Jesus' birth, there would be peace on earth. Since there have been wars after wars, from the time that Jesus was born until the present, obviously the peace of Christmas isn't really centered on outward matters. In fact, Jesus made a statement that sounds sort of surprising to us. He said, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. At first glance, this sounds like a contradiction to the angels' message to the shepherds and to a couple of other readings in Scripture that stress peace. The Old Testament told how the coming Savior would bring peace unlike the world had ever seen. And the New Testament told Christians to live in peace with each other. So if peace and war are not compatible, how can Jesus the prince of peace, caused division. It's true that Christ came to bring peace. Peace between the believer and God, and peace among people. Yet the inevitable result of Christ's coming is conflict. Conflict between the children of God, Christ's followers, and children of the devil followers of Satan. Conflict becomes more evident with each passing Christmas as unbelievers seek to do whatever they possibly can do to silence the Christian message of the Savior being born into the world. They do whatever they can to get rid of symbols of Christians celebrating Christmas. They want to do away with manger scenes and and public property and anything uh, they can find that represents the birth of the Savior they would like to silence and do away with. And conflicts can spill over and even affect members of the same family. Some see the importance of spending time in God's house during the holidays. Others will only reluctantly be dragged into worship on Christmas Eve, or they simply refuse to pay tribute of any kind to the birth of the Savior. true peace of Christmas, by its very nature, is limited to Christians only. Jesus said, "Peace I leave with you; my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid." John quoted these words in his gospel. Men of the world dream and scheme for peace, but the only real peace is that in the heart of the Christian. And this is provided by the presence of the Prince of Peace, the Savior born at Bethlehem. As the Apostle Paul said, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. All who have been led to accept Jesus as their Savior have peace in their grasp. Paul prayed that God would fill everyone with all peace. This peace is a natural byproduct of faith. When we believe in Jesus, we have true peace. What's the world's definition of peace? That we all get along. There are no conflicts in my life, and all is going as I want. Paul prayed not for this type of peace, but for true peace, the kind that comes only through a proper relationship with God, which then carries over into a proper relationship with neighbors, family members strangers, with all those that we come in contact. Maybe you'll see a sign, a bumper sticker this time of the year that says, peace is not a season. It's a very way of life. Christians aren't at peace only during the time of Christmas. Christians. Aren't you know just following some kind of peace treaty where we avoid conflicts with maybe our family members at a a gathering over the holidays or whatever it might be? No, Christians are to be at peace always. If that's the case, then why do we so often feel as though we are at war? And the reason is simple. We've lost our focus during those times. We are to seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto us, and that includes peace. God's promises are clear: make Him our first priority, and He will bless us with a life of peace. Now, outwardly, we might experience pain. Problems and conflicts might seem to surround us, but they can't take away true peace that is in the hearts of Christians. Along with Paul, we can confidently say that we are convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Faith in Christ gives us such confidence, allows us to be at peace inwardly, even if outwardly we are in the midst of a world that has gone mad with uh, acts of the sinful nature. Now, U.S. troops are in various parts of this country and throughout the world in order to protect people from threats of terrorism and aggression. This action is needed because of the danger posed by radicals from the world's left and right who strive to disturb the peace and attempt to cause unfold suffering? People should turn off their cell phones before they come to church. Uh, excuse me. Scam likely. Uh, so you know, we should realize that uh, you know the world. Needs those who are willing to protect the innocent. And no real true Christian should uh, deny the need for people to step up and protect those who can't protect themselves. A display of strength can deter those who otherwise destroy peace. But in spite of how much our military or law enforcement tries to keep outward worldly peace, people everywhere, even next-door neighbors, even maybe people within our homes, within the walls of our homes, are too often at war, at war with themselves, others, with their job, with whatever's going on. And yes, even we all too often are at war with the forces of evil. Untold numbers in our city, our state, our country, and in the world will celebrate Christmas without having real peace. They don't know that the child born at Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, was the Prince of Peace. They're basing their future life on their own attempts to do good. And we all too often let them continue on their merry way, a way that results in losing the spiritual war and never being at peace again in hell. For their sake, Share the peace that we have. Direct them to that Prince of Peace and the forgiveness of sins that he earned on our behalf and on their behalf and on the behalf of all people. Direct them to that manger. Make them aware that the war was won through Jesus, the Prince of Peace, And a lasting peace treaty is guaranteed to all believers. and There is a good chance that most of us will not be sent to remote parts of the world to keep peace there. Some of us have done that. Most of us won't. But all of us are sent into our own areas of influence to share the peace of Christmas with others. And where we can't personally go, we use our money, we use our prayers in order to help others go in our name as ambassadors of the Prince of Peace. Yes, as far as we know, that night in Bethlehem when Jesus was born was a quiet, peaceful night. The peace that this child brought remains for you and for me and for all who believe. But bringing peace to the world was costly. It cost Mary and Joseph a lot of comforts. It cost mothers in and around Bethlehem the massacre of their sons by the cruel order of Herod. It cost the shepherds time to go to the manger and to tell others what they saw. It cost the wise men a long journey and expensive gifts. But more than this, far more than this, is it cost God the Father his Son, his own Son. And it cost God the Son the life of sacrifice and service, a cruel death, unmatched for what it cost our Savior. We give thanks to God for the peace of Christmas. May we be willing to pay a price to keep and share this peace. May the angel's message of peace to the world through Jesus be a message that we echo as often as we can during the Christmas season and always. During World War I, I'm not exactly sure what time frame it was in that war, maybe. Probably sort of toward the beginning, the Germans and the French were dug in in trenches taking pot shots at whoever showed themselves above the trench. Well, Christmas time came and led to one or more of the soldiers decided to start singing some Christmas carols. And before long, amazingly, The armies, the French, the German, they came together, sang Christmas songs, gave tribute to their Savior. Even though they were at war, they temporarily had a peace treaty for that day. Great. Tremendous. But unfortunately, the next day they went right back to trying to kill each other. Don't let our Christmas peace be a temporary truce. Let it be a lasting time of peace between us and God and between us and others. I'm going to close our sermon with the last verse of our epistle lesson from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It's a good benediction. Stresses peace. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep our hearts and our minds. Through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.